This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. This past week, we have had a great time in this place and around this campus. Uh, Vacation Bible School took place uh, in in this space and all over this uh, this building and in this facility. We had about 370 kids that gathered and and every day joined us to hear about Jesus to hear what Jesus was up to, to hear what Jesus was doing in their life and what Jesus would want to do in their life. They focused on the reality that Jesus loves us, and he loves us um, four different themes, uh, one, one theme for each day. When you're left out, when you're different, when you don't understand, when you do wrong. Those were the themes that the kids learned about. And they interacted with, and they, they had a great time just soaking up um, all of God's goodness in a, in a place that was a whole lot of fun. One of the things that I did that was a whole lot of fun this past week was go around and listen to stories and, and talk with kids about their understanding of God, what they understood God to be like or, or um, how they viewed God or how they interacted with God. And so some of those things I wanted to share with you today. Uh, there we go. I uh, hope, hope you can see some of these things. Um, one of the kids was asked, you know, what are you coloring? And she said, I'm coloring the cross. That's where Jesus died for us. Um, I think she was about, th- that little girl was four years old. Um, one, one boy who's a second grader, he says, God wonders about everyone. That was his take and his, and his perspective on God. Another little guy said, God made me. He made the beach. He made mom and daddy. I wonder what that order means. Does that order in there mean anything? How do you read that? Um, an- another little kid was asked, you know, what is sin? And, and they responded, when you do something you know God wouldn't, want, wouldn't like, but you do it anyway. Wow, that's that's pretty good understanding about what, what sin is. Um, one little boy said about God, he s- said, when I asked him what is God like, he said, there is no darkness in him. Another little boy, uh, he said, he's real. Another little boy said he created the world. Um, when one young person was asked, how did Jesus help those with leprosy? They replied, he unleopard them. So I don't know, like, um, did he take off the spots? I don't know, like, I don't know what that looks like. And then uh, one young kid, after hearing the story about how Mary saw Jesus after the resurrection, Mary went to the tomb and she saw that the tomb was empty. She looked in and then she, she kept kind of hanging around in the garden. And this gardener came up to her and, and Mary was like, you know, tell me where you took him. And, and, and Jesus said, Mary, I'm right here. And, uh, and the story was about how how Mary saw Jesus, and this little boy said, I see Jesus too. Not, not like Mary in a garden, but where I go, I see Jesus, and Jesus is real to me. Um, as I listened to those stories, as I read those comments, as I saw those remarks, there's this conviction that I've had for some time, and it just keeps being um, cemented in, in my own heart and my own mind. And, and it's this conviction is this, that each and every one of us is a theologian. It doesn't really matter how old you are or how young you are. Each and every one of us have thoughts about God. We have thoughts how we inter- interact with God and how God interacts with us. And we have the capacity, whether we're young or old, we have the capacity to put the truth and the reality of Jesus into short little sayings that lots of people can understand. And even though they're short little sayings, they have significant weight and we have to grapple with them for a long, long time. 
So all of us, each and every one of us, is a theologian. With that framework in mind, I'd like for us to, to talk together, to converse together about the sacrament of baptism. Now, the sacrament of baptism is, is one of the sacraments that, that many of us have um, some sense of in our own heart and mind about what baptism is, about what baptism means. Uh, we get those sentiments or our understandings from, from Scripture. We get them from experience. We get it from the general culture that's all around us. Because if I were going to ask you, to give you a, a few minutes, and ask you, name five films or five songs that speak about baptism, it wouldn't take you very long, and you could come up with a number of places where baptism is present. One of my favorite songs is, is a Randy Travis song that says, Pray for the Fish. Because when the sin starts rolling off the likes of the person who's getting baptized, the Lord, um, Jesus needs to give the fish some space within the water. I don't know if you've ever heard that song, but it's, it's kind of a... Anyway, it's a fun song. I don't know if you've got a favorite song. I know some people love the song that Alison Krauss did for the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And she, she just she went back into the lexicon of old, old hymnody, and she picked out this song, Go Down to the River, and she put it into, into new phraseology. And it just sort of reverberates, and it gets in your soul, and it kind of um, gives you a sense about maybe it, it helps you construct or it helps guide our thinking what we might expect from baptism, or what baptism might be like. Um, one of the, the um, pictures that some people have of baptism is a picture like this, is that baptism, with Alison Krauss's song, might take you to a place where you go down to the river and you, you get baptized. Um, that's, for lots of folks, that's kind of an expectation, or um, thinking maybe that's the place. Well then, how do you take uh, baptism in a, in a tank, like what we're going to do up here? Or how do you understand baptism with the water that comes out of a bowl and, and is sprinkled upon somebody? How, how do we get to those places? How do we form and shape our expectations? Uh, what do we mean when we talk about the sacrament of baptism? We'd like to talk about that for just a little bit today. And then, later in our service, we're going to have some people who experience the sacrament. We're going to experience it with them and celebrate with much joy. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn to Acts 16 or if an a app or something like that that you use. Acts 16 is where we're going to look. We're going to look at a piece of Scripture that tells us a story and then also weave with it some, some understandings that the church has had throughout time and space of where we've come to with regard to baptism. The story is of a lady by the name of Lydia. Lydia is um, somebody who lives or travels around the town of Philippi. And Philippi is, is a Roman colony in the east end of, of Greece. You'll find the story in Acts 16, chapter, or, uh, verse 13. That's where it begins. On the Sabbath, Luke says that we, and when he says we, he's meeting Paul and Silas and Luke and, and a number of other of of people who were traveling with them, we went to a little, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank, where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth, who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. 
Now, in, in chapter 16 of Luke, uh, Luke gives us a couple of different baptismal accounts. One baptismal account is, is this account of Lydia, the seller of purple, and it, goes, it takes place down at the river. Another account is of the Philippian jailer, and you can read that a little bit later um, in, in the day um, when Paul and Silas have this experience with the Philippian jailer. But I'd like for us to focus on a few things from Lydia's account. One of the things that we discover is that, in reading that passage of Scripture, is that Paul and his company, they go down to the river because they expect to find a number of people who fear God, who worship God, who, who long for God, at some point in prayer on the Sabbath. Now, remember, the Sabbath is a Jewish idea, and they're in a Roman colony town. So not everyone holds to this idea that they're going to go down to the river to pray. But when Paul gets to the river, he doesn't find men. Luke says he finds women. Evidently, there were not uh, a number of men who were following the way of Moses who were at prayer. But there were a number of women. So Paul, uh, finding things he doesn't expect, he simply listens to their conversation, and then he enters in. Uh, he listens to them talking about what they know about who God is. And in fact, they, they know a number of stories about God. They know they've heard about God. They have a sense of what God is like. They are, like I said earlier, they are all theologians. But when Paul begins to talk, he begins to share with them who Jesus is. He begins to share with them this gospel, this message that has been, been spreading from Jerusalem out to the rest of the known world. And in the midst of that place, um, Luke says that Lydia, who's listening, she's, she's somebody who's been a person of prayer, she's somebody who's been a God-fearer, but she finds that her heart is opened. Like, she finds that there's something new, some new step that God would have for her, some new place that God wants to take her, something new that God has for her in this life. Lydia um, reminds us that uh, there's a large story that runs throughout the pages of Scripture, and it's a story of covenant. And oftentimes in the, in the Old Testament, we see God coming to people and initiating covenant, and God seeking and inviting people to enter into covenant. And covenant is a two-way street where God invites people to walk alongside of him, and God, and, and God says, and I want to walk alongside of you. One of the things we see in the Lydia story is that Lydia has been present, and she's been listening to the stories of God and, and praying and doing what she knows. And yet in this moment, in this moment, and it will sort of reach its full culmination when she's baptized, God comes fully and walks alongside of her. And, and uh, it's not just that that's the first time that God is doing that. No, in fact, God is writing a larger story throughout the book of Acts. And it's a story in which, in which people, especially Jewish people, have to realize and see and understand and experience that God is, lo is longing to have everyone in the entire world share in his covenant because they don't fully understand it. And it, it has to sort of pop up in a number of different places within the book of Acts. And so here's Paul down at the river. He expects to, to meet a bunch of guys who are at prayer, and he doesn't. He finds a bunch of women. And then he finds that God is at work in this woman by the name of Lydia. And, and Lydia finds that God is doing new stuff in her life. And so Paul says, when God does something new, 
there is this sacrament, there's this gift, there's this thing that Jesus went through. Um, it's called baptism. And it's something that, uh, that we don't know fully where it comes from, but it's a gift that Jesus gives to the, to the church, and he gives to all of us who follow after him. And so Paul says, Lydia, let's, let's enter the waters. And so Luke simply says that, that Lydia is baptized. And there is profound joy in Lydia's heart when she's baptized. And she says, Paul, bring your entourage, bring your group of people to my home. I insist that, that you stay. There is this tremendous hospitality that just sort of bubbles out of a heart that's been filled with the goodness of God and that's encountered God. Now, um, a couple of things about Lydia's baptism that, that Luke tells us. Luke doesn't really tell us um, how Paul baptized Lydia. Like he doesn't say if he went down into the river and got a bunch of water and, or, and, and then poured it on her or um, drizzled it on her or maybe what Pastor Jim and I do, like just sort of get a bunch and just throw it up on like a, an infant or a baby. Sometimes Pastor Bob laughs at us because we tend to use maybe more than just a sprinkling. Or Paul doesn't say that Lydia went all the way down in the river. But he simply says that she was baptized, which means that there was some water that came into play. And in the midst of that place, it's like, it's like Lydia's heart um, becomes fully alive in what God is doing. And she becomes fully open and, and available to God. And the Spirit is present to her. And, and then Luke says this, that because of that place in her life, that Lydia's not the only one who's baptized. But he says everyone in her entire house um, is baptized. That means, um, it means everyone in her entire house. Now we don't know who, is, who makes up her house. Like we don't know if there are kids. We don't know if there are servants. Um, there is a great likelihood that Lydia is a person because she has great economic capacity and great economic means, most likely Lydia at this moment in her life has some slaves. So when, Paul, or when Luke says that everyone in Lydia's house is baptized, it probably means those who are freed servants, those who are slave servants. It also most likely means that if there's any kids in her house, they're baptized as well. Now, um, when you think about baptism and the structures that you've understood about baptism, you may, you may begin to think that baptism is for those who, you know, profess faith in Christ. But Luke and Paul are showing us that baptism has a much broader reach than that. That when the Lord does something in us, when God's grace comes to us, when God's grace fills us, it's a grace that reaches to places that we can't begin to, to imagine or to fully understand. And it flows from us and in us and out of us. And it reaches everybody who's around us. And so Lydia and her entire household are baptized. Um, and there's great rejoicing. As um, you think about that story... Um, one of the things that 
that the church has done and understood since the time of Paul and Lydia and the, and the book of Acts is that baptism typically happens once. Like Lydia is described as being baptized once. And it, it doesn't necessarily happen over and over again. How many of you uh, celebrate your birthdays, though? Birthdays are kind of a big deal in our house. I don't know if they're a big deal in your house. Uh, when I married Anna, she said, birthdays are big. Don't forget my birthday, ever. And, and don't forget our kids' birthdays. Um, so how do you take an experience like baptism and, and have, as Pastor Bob said, uh, an understanding of, of it being a sacrament? And a sacrament is something that reminds us of God's presence with us. It's like a... a a physical indicator of God's spiritual grace that's present to us. How does baptism become something that's living and life-giving and something that renews us day by day by day? Um, one of the things that we do here at Schweitzer is we offer a confirmation class to, to teenagers in particular, uh, especially to, to people who've been baptized as an, as an infant. And they haven't necessarily heard all of the stories of God when they're baptized in that place. They're pledged in that moment to be brought up in the faith and to grow into the fullness of Christ. Confirmation is a place where they get to revisit the vows that have been taken for them at baptism. The vows that their parents said, we're going to raise this child in the full knowledge and wisdom of the Lord. And we're going to entrust that Jesus is going to do his work in them. And at confirmation, they get to say, yes, Christ has been at work in, in me and I want to be a full follower of him. And, and the gift of the Spirit is, is really confirmed upon them, and it's blessed, and it's recognized in that place. Well, what if you're not a teenager, and you're some ways down the road in life, and uh, you find that, that you haven't always been walking with the Lord? One of the things that the United Methodist Church put in their, their book of worship a few years ago was this idea that we can, we can have a place where we reaffirm, if at one time earlier in life, we can reaffirm our baptism. One of the beautiful things that happens at Church of the Center under the direction of Pastor Mark is that we often see people, uh, and Pastor Mark sees people, who at one time were listening to God closely and following after God. And then something happens in their life and they, and they jettison those, those ways. And then God comes back and he makes himself known in a fresh way. And they come back and they go, so what do I do? Where am I at? Well, God's grace is always present to us. God's grace has always been with us. It never leaves us. But there is a way in which we can say, you know what? I just need to, to covenant again to reaffirm that I want to walk with him. And so um, there's a, um, a, a way in which we can do that within, within the life of the church. I love what Pastor Adam Hamilton encourages people to do, though who've been baptized, and he recommends that people remember their baptism every day. Uh, this morning, uh, I, I was really reminded of that when I got in the shower at about 6 o'clock in the morning, and I turned that shower on. And, and I wasn't fully awake because I hadn't had any coffee. But that shower came on, and it started to awaken me, right? And it started to let my eyes open up and refresh me. I remember Pastor Adam saying, this is a great time to remember either the things, that, the promises that we've said and the promises that God has said to us or to recall those places 
where we say, as we come into this water, into this new day, God walks with us. And in this place of water, we are renewed and we are refreshed. Whatever is the, the dirt that's been around us is washed off. And so if there's some dirt that I carry in my soul or in my life, Lord, just take it away. And renew me in this place. Remind me that I'm your child. That you've claimed me. That you've, you've washed me with the blood of Christ. Remind me that um, this is a day that I get to walk with you. And you get to walk with me. Um, some of you may be in this place. And you've never come to that place in your life where you've encountered the sacrament of baptism. Maybe you've, maybe you've heard about God, you've heard some of the stories of God, but you haven't entered that, that realm yet. We would encourage you to, to talk with one of the pastors and to seek what baptism might be like and to express what God is doing in your heart, how God is calling out to you. But for those of you who have known the gift and the grace and the sacrament of baptism, let me encourage you to think about it as a gift that comes to us new and fresh every day. A week ago, Pastor Bob talked to us about the sacrament of anointing with oil. And over in the renovate service, I, was, I had the gift of, of anointing a number of people with oil. And as somebody came to me and I anointed his forehead with oil, Afterwards, he reached out his arms and he put them on my shoulders. And then he drew me close and he gave me a hug. Now, I don't know what all was, was going on in his mind, but I can tell you how I received that. I received that as if it was the very presence of Christ drawing close to me and saying, I see you and I know you. And my grace is here right now. Even as you're doing something else, my grace is here and present to you in this, in this moment. In a minute, as we, uh, as we welcome candidates for baptism, as we celebrate, as we watch what happens in their life, let me encourage you that this picture, this picture should be like a gift unto you where you are reminded of God's love and His grace and His presence that is walking with you right now. Let it remind you of the work that He's done in your life. And may it renew joy in your heart. Jesus, draw us close. Draw us into the joy of your presence. Draw us into the joy of the sacrament of baptism. In your name we pray. Amen.